Luke 15, 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spoke this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, do not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he had found it, he layeth on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, do not light a candle, sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it. And when she have found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Likewise, I say unto you, uh-huh. there is joy in the presence of the angels of God uh-huh. over one sinner that repenteth. Amen. 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 Precious Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, for saving us, Father God. They're giving us the spirit of God to continue to press toward the mark of the high calling of God, which is found in Christ Jesus. Father God, we pray right now today for the hearers of this message. Father, I hope it it resonates in their minds and hearts. And I believe that when we all leave here, there will be joy in the presence of God. Of the angels of God Amen. over that one sinner that repented. Amen. Amen. Interesting word. Interesting question. Maybe I answer Margaret's question. Will there be joy in heaven when you leave here? That won't be the title. That's interesting, though. That's an interesting question because, because the word repenteth. He didn't say repent. Look at verse 10 one more time real quick. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Okay? That means that person, that person has lived a life of repentance. He's continually doing the will of God. He's continually asking God for forgiveness when he falters. He's continually living a life that 
Give God glory. That word repentance means continuous. This is something that he does normally. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. It's, you see what something that Jesus did normally. This wasn't something that Jesus did once in a while. Remember what he said. I didn't come to save the righteous. Okay. He came to save sinners. Okay. Look at verse 2. See that word receiveth? Same thing. It was something that, it's something that you do constantly. It's something that's a part of your personality, who you are. Okay? And it says, and the Pharisees and the scribes murmured. Well, that's what they did all the time. They murmured. I mean, they were, they were finger pointers. They were always looking for a fault. They was always trying to trap Jesus in something. And they never could. Watch what he says. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Two, two times what he does, what he came to do. He sat with them and he ate with them. He talked to them and, and, and he talked to them about heaven. How about that? He talked to them about heaven. Now, I got all over the place. When Jake said, you know, he said, I know the pastor's prepared. You know, sometimes you can over-prepare. Which is better than under-repairing. Under-preparing, okay? So, so when Margaret said, well, give me a title. The title that I had two days ago was How to Get a Crown. And I'm thinking, all, you know, I got all this Queen Elizabeth stuff going on all week. The queen, the queen, the queen. You know, and I'm like... They ain't going to bury it with that crown. Uh-uh. She ain't gonna be, that crown worth $18 million. I don't know if y'all know that. That crown is worth $18 million. That's not going in the ground. Okay? okay? All right? It's just not. Okay? All right? Sometimes y'all go to the funeral and y'all see all the gold on people. That ain't, that, you know, they ain't going down there. Here's my point. You want to get your crown. Okay? Now, we have two messages today. How to get your crown. How do you get a crown? How did Queen Elizabeth get that crown? She was, she, it was inherited to her. Okay? How do we get our crown? The Bible said you must be born again. And, and not only that, and this is, and this is, and this is where, where we was talking about in Sunday school this morning in, in Matthew 10, 22, and, and this verse came up, but the angels rejoice over one sinner because it's rare. Okay? I mean, there's no, there's no rejoicing. If, if thousands and thousands and thousands and millions of people is walking through the pearly gates, there ain't no rejoicing. What, I mean, there's no rejoicing. I mean, you, you look at the guy handing out the stickers. Do they still do that at Walmart? Hand out the smiley face stickers when people come through the door? It ain't no big deal. See, and we teach salvation like that. We teach salvation is like going to Walmart. Everybody going to heaven. Everybody's saved. And so, you know, there, you know there, what, what point would there be to rejoice? Why are they rejoicing? Why are they rejoicing? <laughs> Because it's rare. What's rare? Matthew 10, 22. Watch, watch Matthew 10, 22. Let me read it now. It says, and you shall be hated by all men 
for my sake. Okay? Here's salvation. Salvation ain't about how you start. Okay? Salvation ain't how you start. Salvation is how you finish. Okay? This is Jesus' word. He said, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. I get some illustrations of that. Y'all know I always say the road to heaven is a battlefield. The road to heaven, you know, the road to heaven ain't, it's not smooth sailing. Nothing sails smoothly uphill. Okay? Okay, there are going to be casualties. There are going to be heartaches. There are going to be pain and suffering. I was with a lady. I was with a lady Friday. And she has, she had 11 brothers and sisters, just like my wife. 11 brothers and sisters in Cindy's family. And they were, they're all in their 80s now. They're in their high 80s now. And they're, and, 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 and they're dying. They're getting sick and they're dying. And, and, and I went in and talked to her and she said, you got to pray for me because, you know, I just lost a sister two weeks ago. Okay, and now her other sister is passing. What's the issue there? If you see one at all. Some people have only seen one at all. Because the word of God teaches us to be prepared for everything life comes at us. When it's hard to prepare for folks dying that you love. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't prepare. I got a family, four brother, two brothers, two sisters, I, you know, I don't know. And we're all here. But we're all getting older now. We are, now we're starting to punch 70. My oldest is, and you know, and, and, and they're going to come a time. Where we're going to start going. And we're going to start leaving here. What should we be doing? Think about it. I know these are, these are, these are some difficult conversations. What we should be doing? What should we be doing? Getting ready. Getting ready. Death don't sneak up on nobody. You, you ever read the paper? I, I read the paper sometimes. And I, and I, and it's, it's just me. It's just me because I'm kind of morbid. And they'll say, well, he died unexpectedly. <laughs> Nobody died unexpectedly. Know why I know? Because the word of God tells me. See, that's why I tell Mary. And I say, get a scripture. See, Hebrews 9, 27. For it is what? Appointed, Appointed unto man what? Wants to die. And after that, the judgment. So what should we be doing? What should we be doing? Preparing for the judgment. Amen. Uh, I'm a good time now. Watch this. Watch, watch Paul. How to get a crown. Anybody say, how did, I want to get a crown. I want everybody in this room to get a crown. Mm-hmm. I want everybody in this room to get a crown. I know there won't be no tears in heaven. I know I won't be to ask questions. I won't be to get to heaven and ask, well, where's so-and-so at? She was at Sunday school. Every Sunday school, she was at every Wednesday Bible study. Okay. First, Second Timothy chapter 4. Watch this. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. And I'm just going to start at verse 5 because this is one of the most, to me, it's one of the most fascinating verses in the Bible. And it really tells you where Paul was at. 
when his time came. And remember, after Paul got saved, he, he lived a, basically he lived a good life. He served God, and he served God with all he had. Watch what it says. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. Paul's, Paul's talking about his, how he got his crown. He didn't get it like Queen Elizabeth. Okay? Okay. Paul says, but watch thou in all things. That's, a, that's an interesting word. He said, watch, look out. Prove, test, judge. That's what that word watch means. Pay attention, thou in all things. Okay? And then he says this. this and then he says this. We don't like this. <laughs> He's really teaching us, getting us ready. Endure afflictions. I like that, Deacon Jeremy. That's a command. He said, endure affliction. You know what he's saying? Get ready for him. You, you can't endure nothing if you, if you wait till it happens before you start trying to deal with it. Some stuff we can deal with ahead of time. When them people in Puerto Rico right now, they're in Puerto Rico right now, and the storm is coming, what do you think they're doing? Barricading sand and boarding up everything because they're getting ready. The storm is coming. So Paul said, storm coming. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can be the healthiest person in here, but one day you're going to the doctor and you're going to say, okay, you got something you got to deal with. Endure affliction. What kind of affliction did Paul have? He was, he was sitting in a Roman jail right now waiting to get his head cut off. Imagine you getting in jail, getting ready to get your head cut off, and you write the letter. It wouldn't say this stuff. <laughs> They were like, Mommy, Daddy, help. Paul said, endure affliction. They're like, I love Paul. He said, endure affliction. They coming. You don't know where they're going to come from. You don't know, but you better be ready. How do we get ready? How do we get ready? The word of God. I heard somebody, I think we saw the song, sang a song this morning. Be rooted and grounded in the, in, in the things of God. Standing on the what? On the promises of Christ our King. Then he says this. Do the work of an evangelist. How about that? What's the work of an evangelist? This is how I study and I ask questions. I say, what's the work of an evangelist? I got to know. What is the work of an evangelist? Tell the gospel to lost souls. Tell the gospel to lost souls. How do we tell it? Sometimes sometimes we got to use words. So I said, okay, somebody said that. I heard that this day. Sometimes you got to use words. But we are missionaries. God called us to be missionaries. God called us to be evangelists. Go out and tell the damn word about the Lord. Know why we don't do it? We don't do it because we don't live it. We don't do it because we don't want nobody to call us a hypocrite. Well, that's an indictment. That ought to be something. That ought to be something you need to be praying about. Lord, Lord, make me a better evangelist. Make me better. Because we have a responsibility as the people of God to do the work of evangelism. Listen to this last one. Make full proof of thy ministry. That's, a, that's another command, isn't it, Jeremy? How many do we see in verse 5? But watch all things. That's a command. Endure affliction. That's a command. Do the work of advantage. That's a command. Make full proof of thy ministry. How about that? Think about that. Think about that. You know, in the, in the work I do, I, I, I see a lot of people, they still watch Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke, you know, Gunsmoke, come on. You, you ain't got cable. You're watching Gunsmoke. 
You watching Gunsmoke. Every room I go into watching Gunsmoke. But you know what? You know what they didn't have? What they didn't have on Gunsmoke? One thing you will never see on Gunsmoke. Ice. Ice. When they drank, they drank foolproof. They went in there. You know, think about it. You went on a bar and a gun smoke. They just poured in there. I always say, if you know, if I ever had a chance to go back in my old days, I would, I would want to just drink my Jack Daniels foolproof. <laughs> I had to put it on the rocks. I just give me a double on the rocks. That was my thing, you know, back in the day before God saved me. Amen. If I had to do it back, I'd go back gun smoke style. Me and Jake be sitting in the bar. Just, just, just give me a shot. <laughs> I don't get it. He said, make foolproof of your ministry. How about that? He said, be strong with it. Be bold with it. Take it everywhere you go. Okay? And then when somebody challenge you on it, have some word in your heart. Sylvia praying this morning. Study to show thyself approved. And then you can stand. And when you've done all you can do, you can stand some more because you're standing what? You're standing on the promises of Christ our King through eternal ages. Let us what? Let his praises ring. That's making foolproof. No doubt about it. Nobody got to look twice at you in a dark world. Dark as this world is. Somebody got to be like, man, I wonder, if they, I wonder if they're a Christian or not. You can tell. I mean, ain't nobody, you can tell right away. Something different about you. Amen. Something different about you. You, you, you hear, you, if you, we live in a world today, a person don't cuss, you sing something. Wait, wait, I, you talk to me five minutes and you ain't dropped two F-bombs. That's peculiar anymore. Ain't that? What a shame. But we ought to make full proof, make full proof of our ministry. Every one of us have a ministry. Each one of us have a ministry. Your ministry ain't my ministry, and my ministry ain't yours. You can reach people that I can't reach, and I can reach people that you can't reach. But all together, if folks is making full proof, we can change the world. The world. I like this. I like verse 6. Here's Paul. You're going to get this crown. How to get a crown? Not like Queen Elizabeth. Okay. He said, for I'm ready to be offered. I like that. I like that. So Christians, so many Christians unprepared. Unprepared for, for trials. Unprepared for life. You know, God wants us to be prepared. He wants us to be prepared, okay? I, I, I talked to Sterling Williams, one good friend of mine, you know, and, 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 and you know, y'all know Sterling, do funerals and everything. He said so many people die unprepared. I hope everybody in here got some insurance. Amen. I, I hope everybody in here ready because dying is expensive. Yes, Even getting cremated is expensive, Okay. Man, you you just doom and gloom. You just, no, no, no. I'm just giving you the scriptures. Paul said, I, I'm, I, I'm now ready to be offered. How you get there, Paul? How did Paul get there? How about that? Watch all things. He had to endure some afflictions. He had to do the work of evangelists. He made foolproof of his ministry, and God had him ready. God had him ready. He, he, went, he knew he was going to die. 
Ananias, well, what did God tell Ananias when, that, in that, when he first met Paul? He said, he said this man is going to suffer greatly for me. Okay. And by this time, Paul had already knew probably most of the other apostles had already gotten killed or martyred. This come with the business. Did it stop him from being a great evangelist? Some folks, some folks scared to tell anybody. They scared. You know, you, could, you don't have no problem with they got the Browns hat on. They got the Steeler gear on. They got the Steeler house shoes. I mean, they got the Steeler earrings. They got the Browns scarves. I mean, Browns gloves, Browns license plates. Ain't putting on no Jesus. Uh-uh, ain't putting on no Jesus. No, no, I ain't wearing that. Some schools will kick you out if you bring if you wear Jesus to school. Paul said, I'm ready to be offered. And then he, and he, then he says this, and I hope y'all get catch this. He said, for the time of my departure. Is at hand. That, that, that word departure, that's a, that's a fascinating word, okay? That's a fascinating word. Cindy asked me, she said, Keith, you gonna, you gonna take me to the airport? I said, no. She said, she say some stuff to me that y'all just don't know. Y'all just look at her smiling. I said, she said, I'm not taking you to the airport. She said, you're not gonna take me to the airport? I said, no, I'm not taking you to the airport. It's my trauma. <laughs> She said, you're a mean man. But Paul, departure is nice. You ever, you ever see the people on, what was that? What was that? What was the place they cruise and they would go on a cruise? Then they get on a boat and they wave at everybody because they depart and they get ready to go on a cruise. That's how Paul, the love boat, that's what Paul's saying here. He said, for the time of my departure, he said, this thing ain't bothering me. He said, death ain't bothering me. I'm not worrying about death because I know, and he wrote, absent from the body, present, it only gets better. It only gets better for the child of God, or for the man of God, the woman of God who, who knows the Lord as their personal Savior, have been born again, have been saved, and have endured to the end. It's a departure. It's a departure. Okay? Paul's going to be like, hey, I've done my job. He said, he said, my departure is at hand. I was like this. Then he says, I fought a good fight. I fought a good fight. Now, this is, his, this is, this is a man that's just getting ready to have his head cut off right in this letter. Think about that when y'all read this. This is Paul's last letter. This is his last writings. Okay? He's in a Roman jail. He ain't asking for a lawyer. He ain't, like, he ain't not like the lady over in Russia. You know, got caught with the drugs. Now she's in a Russian prison. They, you know, help me, help me, help me. Paul, like, my departure, I am. I'm ready to go. That's deep. He said, I fought a good fight. I fought a good fight. Might have been knocked down a couple times. Paul was stoned. Paul went through some stuff. But he never stopped. He said, I fought a good fight. And you're going to fight a good fight. If you're going to get a crown, you're going to have to fight a good fight down here. I fought a good fight. He said, I finished my course. He said, I have kept the faith. I like that. I, I know I've talked about this verse to you guys many times, but Paul said, I kept the faith. He said, Satan, Satan got a whole lot from me, but one thing he didn't get. He didn't get my faith. Paul said, I had a grip on my faith. I kept the faith. Why? Because he knew 
He knew, Hebrews 11 said, without faith. It's impossible to please God. Faith is the ticket. Amen. And we don't want to be a faithless Christian. We don't want to have no faith. When we stand before the Lord, you know, I don't, where's your faith? God's going to be like, where's your faith? I know you can't get it nowhere, you know, anymore. Hey, you, you had all your shots. Okay, no, I had no shots. But, you know, they asked anyway. But when you get to heaven, it's going to mean something. They're going to say, Ben, Christine, they're going to say, Christine, where's your faith? You better have it on you. Don't be doing all this. Oh, Lord, I don't know what I did with it. Here it is right here. I've kept the faith. Come on in. Come on in. Watch, watch, watch what it says. Fascinating. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Did y'all notice something in there? Did y'all notice something in verse number eight? Paul said, henceforth there is laid up for who? For me. Okay. Okay, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, one crown per person. Okay, you can't wear my crown; it ain't gonna fit you. Your crown ain't gonna fit me. How do I get this crown? <laughs> Trust the Lord. Hallelujah! Which the Lord, which the Lord, the righteous judge. Ain't no righteous judges down here. Okay? Ain't no righteous judges down here. All y'all here, when y'all talking about judges down here, well, this was an Obama-appointed judge, a Trump-appointed judge, a Bush-appointed judge. No, no, no. This is going to be the righteous judge. Okay? He don't have no, no political affiliation. Okay? God don't care. Nobody care about? Do you know my son? Where's your faith? Do you have your faith on you? Okay? He's a righteous judge. He's a righteous judge. And he shall give me at that day. How about that? Paul said he's going to give me at that day. I'm getting mine. And then he says this. And not, and, not, and not to me only. How about that? And not to me only. Going to be a whole lot of folks getting it. But not to me only. Paul said not to me only. Look at the end of it. But unto all them also that love his appearing. Amen. That's interesting. Amen. How, do, how, how, do you, how do you prepare? How do you prepare for, for someone that you love? Think about it. Think about it. you you having you having someone you love come visit you. What do you do? What do you do? You prepare. All right. You gonna let you? I mean, they, you know, I can't wait. You come. I'm, everything is ready. You got the sheets out. You got the washcloths out. You got special dinners prepared. Everything. You got plans to do things because you love their appearing. How about that? How about that? Honestly, when 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 my baby run down them steps in the morning, I, I just stay. I just I, I run late every day because she go to school now, and I want to see her before she go to school. And when she run down them steps, that's it. I love her appearing. When she come down them steps, she see the light on. Papa, Papa, Papa. 
And I, and I just melting. I'm just melting. Oh, goodness. And, and you know what? God, and that's how God's going to do to those that love him. When we show up in heaven, see? Some of y'all can't even fathom this because he's loved this world so much. And when we show up in heaven, the Bible said the angels will rejoice. Amen. The angels are going to rejoice. They're going to say, hey, Pastor, man, I, I listen to you on sermon audio. <laughs> I don't think they're going to say that. <laughs> but I'm doing. I want them to say. I want them to say, "Man, I, you was out there grinding. You was out there putting your work in. You was faithful. You was committed. You. I mean, I just want. I want them to hear. That's it. That's what I want them to say. And I want all y'all to want them to say the same thing. Okay. I, I, I really do. I really. Here's my really. Here's something really far fetched. I want them to. I want the angels to say, "You know where your, your, your Christian Bible Baptist folk over here." Oh, and I get over there. And I get to see them. All my Christian Bible Baptist folks, high five and Big Dave, Teddy, how y'all doing? Deacon Nell, Mother. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Oh man, what a day! You know when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing it will be. When we all what? We'll sing and shout the victory. Man, we don't we want to get that crown. We want to get that crown. Oh man. I get all I get all excited. I get the, I get, you know, I get the I get the hair standing up on my head. Y'all say I ain't got no hair. I do. I got I got a couple coming here because I cut myself. And so I haven't shaved this tar here, so it might start getting long. <laughs> listen, listen, let's talk about let's talk about this repentance center. The three things. I'm gonna give you three things, and I'm gonna give you seven things that through the repentance, I'm gonna be done. Honestly, I, I, I just thank God for y'all being so patient with me. The, 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 a, a born-again sinner, the heart of a sinner. When you do wrong, and you're gonna do wrong. You're gonna do wrong. Don't sit here. Don't sit here and let your. Well, you know, I got it all together. I'm just waiting for the Lord to come. No, no, no. David, David, when David, when David fell and stumbled, David said this. David said this. This is this is this is the heart of a of a soldier. This is the heart of a saint. This is the heart of a man that God said is a man after my own heart. Think about it. David said in Psalm 51:10, one verse. He said, "Create in me." Creating me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. He, he said, don't sew up this old heart. He said, don't mend it up. Don't sew it up. Don't patch it up. You know how we try to do. He said, no, 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 God. Create in me a clean heart. Like you created the heavens and the earth. Like you just do, do something. Give me a whole new heart. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. He, he, he says this. Uh, you, ever, you ever met somebody who had heart surgery? Well, my father had the quadruple bypass surgery, and 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 after they got done with all that, he said, "Man, it feel like I got a." He said, "I feel like a car with a new engine." That's what he told me. He said, "Man, I." He said, "Yeah, breathing good, I, and I don't get tired no more because he had a new heart." They took the, you know, back they took the veins out of that. They breathed. I mean, they did him in. 
Ezekiel said the same thing. He said, I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within you. How about that? And I will take the stony heart of their flesh and I will give them an heart of flesh. You, you, do you know, I hear people all the time. I hear people all the time, you know, God blessing me, God blessing me, God blessing me. You know, it's just, that, that, that word is so, that's a word is so overused. Okay? Because it, until you get a new heart of flesh, you really can't receive God's blessings. Think about that. God has to, God has to prepare us for the blessings he give us. Okay? Now, now Satan can bless you. Uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of folks that Satan has blessed. Okay? But, but when God blesses you, he, he's blessing you because he's giving you a new heart that you can receive it. God's blessings is something else. They're something else. They're not of this world. See, we look at the blessings of this world. You know, a new car. We got the price is right. A new car. God bless me with a new car. I, you know, I always say, you know, God's blessings don't come with payment books. You ain't got to put pay, have insurance on God's blessings. God bless me with a new car, okay? When it breaks down, who, who paying for it? God? Look at this last one. I said, I said the heart of a sinner is created anew. Then we get a new heart. But a believer, a believer... Belongs to God. I hope I'm making sense today. If you are saved, if you are on your way to heaven, you belong to God. Let me give you a verse. I'm going to start it all the way off from the beginning. I've got verse 10 wrote down here. But say, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Not by works. What? Lest any man should boast. Let me get to verse 10. And where most people leave out. Watch what, watch what God is saying through the apostle Paul. He said, for we are. That's emphatic. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. What? Unto what? Unto good works which God had before ordained. That we should walk in them. So much. So much. So much. So repentance is not just you repenting one time. Repentance is a life of repentance. Then there's the fruit of repentance. Okay? Remember the one verse we, we used to talk about all the time? Said, he said, godly sorrow. Okay? Is what God is looking for. There's a worldly sorrow and there's a godly sorrow. Okay? Worldly sorrow, worldly sorrow would be I got caught and I'm going to do my best not for you not to catch me no more. Okay? Godly sorrow is asking God to forgive you and forgive the people that you hurt and then giving you the strength not to commit that deed again that caused so many people to be hurt. That's godly sorrow. And, and, and godly sorrow will be the fruit of repentance. Another, another fruit of repentance would be, would be loving the things of God. A person who's truly saved loves the things of God. How about that? 
Love the things of God. Do you love the things of God? Hey, ask yourself these questions. Okay? People, people say, well, you know, I love, the, I love the Lord. Okay. But Monday night, what's happening on Monday night? Monday, Monday night football. Tuesday is Taco Tuesday. Anybody heard of pickleball? Y'all start hearing the pickleball. A lot of people pickleball pickleballs on Wednesday night, Thursday night football. Friday night high school sports, Saturday miscellaneous stuff. Saturday, Saturday, you know, get my hair done, my nails done, you know, groceries. And Sunday is day of rest. Let me tell y'all something. Because I'm desperate. You know, I, I, I think that's what Jake mean when he, he, he talked to me. I was saying, you sound desperate. You know, some people say you sound crazy, but, you know, Jake said I sound desperate. I am desperate. I am desperate. I want people to be saved and truly saved. You know, there's nothing, there's really nothing worse in God's eyes than a false witness. You know why that's so bad? Because if you're running around telling everybody you saved and they don't see it and they don't hear it, then that's troublesome because that's what they think. That's why I have so much trouble with funerals and stuff because, you know, you know, folks be, folks be up here preaching somebody's funeral and people be looking at each other and like, who are you talking about? Mm-hmm. They'll be like, who are you talking about? No, he was, you know, no, no, no. This is serious. Listen, six things the Lord hates. Six things the Lord hates. This is the Bible. Proverbs 6, 16. Six things the Lord hates. People are like, God love everybody. God is a God of love. No, God, God hates some stuff. Amen. God hates some stuff. Proverbs 6, 16. Watch. Six things do the Lord hate. Yes, seven are an abomination unto him. Seven is an abomination unto him. He said, hey, I hate a proud look. A lying tongue. How about that? A lying tongue. We talked about this morning. Is there anything worse than a liar? Is there anything worse than a liar? Seriously. Hands that shed innocent blood. Murderers. Folks marching. Folks protesting because they want to kill babies. They mad. They mad because you just just can't, can't kill babies like we used to. Burning down stuff. Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imagination. How about that? How about that? Turn on the TV, you'll see that. Where do people come up with this stuff? Where do they come up with this stuff? And we watch it. We get entertained by evil. Halloween coming up. Hey, Halloween coming up, you know? Whew. Evil as this world is, we, we got Christians who are going to celebrate Halloween, going to get dressed up. My God. A heart that divides wicked imagination, feet that swift to run into mischief, and a false witness that speaks lies. All right. Y'all been patient. Y'all been patient. 
I would stop right here and say, you know, I, I just pick this up next week. But it's just really simple. Seven, seven fruits of repentance. If you if you have to repent it and you have to repent to go to heaven, you have to repent. You go to heaven. You ain't going to heaven without repent. You ain't taking your flesh and the sin and the devil into heaven. OK, you just not. You, just, you know, you ever go through turnstiles? You ever be at the airport? So you got to go through turnstiles. You, you just can't take all that stuff. You got to lighten it now. What they learn, you got one bag you can put on an airplane now? One carry-on bag. Listen, seven fruits of repentance. I gave you one already. How about that? I gave you one already. Godly sorrow. Godly sorrow. A sorrow that says, I am sorry. I, 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 I pray to God to give me strength that I will never do that again. For godly sorrow, work of repentance to salvation, not to be, be, be repented of. Anybody want to look for that verse? 2 Corinthians 7, 10. A willing to forsake one's sins. This is really down to earth stuff. Okay? The truly repentant person, the fruits of that repentance is saying, I am willing to forsake my sins. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which do so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. How about this one? A new life. In a new birth. I like that. The born again person, the person who's truly repentant, is has a new life and a new birth. How about that? Being born again, Peter says in 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. How, Peter? By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. 1 Peter 1.23, eternal life. I like this one too. I like them all. I like the word of God. Eternal life. There's no fear of death. It ain't worse. Christians scared to die. We're going to heaven. Some of them rather. Well, stay down here. You can go to heaven. Somebody, if God came today and said, "Look, I can go to heaven today, or stay here for another ten years." You know what most people say? Keep me down here for another ten years. Dude, I'm like, what? What I need to do? Bye, Cindy. Bye, Karina. Love you, Amaya. I'm on my way to heaven. I ain't sticking around another 10 years if I have to. Y'all, y'all, some of you say, ah, oh, you just say that now because you, you, you're healthy and young. I, I, I mean that. Amen. Eternal life, there's no fear of death. Why? For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then you get a new heart. You get a new heart. You get a new heart. Ezekiel said, a new heart will also I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Think about it. Think about it. Let me give you some folks in the Bible who got new hearts. Y'all think about it. Y'all think like this. Rahab got a new heart. Paul got a new heart. Lydia got a new heart. Ruth got a new heart. The thief on the cross got a new heart. The Ninevites got a new heart. Cornelius got a new heart. The barbarians at Malta got a new heart. The Philippian jailer got a new heart. Think about that. That new heart talks. 
That new heart speaks a whole different language than it did before. Amen. Okay? Let me, let me give you one illustration. Got two more to go. This is just a quick illustration. I'll just use one. I'll just pull a, pull a name out of the bag. Ruth. Ruth and her new heart. Remember Naomi was going back. She was going back to Bethlehem. And, and her two sisters came. And the one, Oprah said, you know, I'm going back to my old stomping grounds. She didn't get no new heart. She spent all that time in Naomi. She didn't get no new heart. Okay? But Ruth came. Ruth came. Ruth 1.16. Ruth came with a new heart. See, a new heart sounds different. And Ruth said, he said, treat me not to leave thee. Or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people shall be my people. And thy God, my God. And where thou diest, will I die. And there will, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me. And, and more also. If but death part thee in me. Naomi seen that new heart. Naomi said when she, when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. How about that? How about that? New heart. How's your new heart sound? The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart. So you know, if you got a new heart, it ain't going to speak the same language it spoke. Six and seven. Baptism. How about that? The, 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 the fruit of repentance is baptism. What do you mean? We talked about this the other day. No, 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 no. You say before you get baptized. Okay? You say before you get in the water. But getting in the water, getting in the water, really just, you're really just being obedient. But really what it says, it, identif it identifies you as a child of God. You telling, you know, most of them ain't going to show up. You, you know, if you if you out there partying, drinking and stuff, going to the strip clubs and the bars and stuff, and then you just go in there and say, hey, hey, look, everybody, and, you know, and the pole dancers stop coming down the pole, and everybody starts stay to stop and start listening to you. Hey, I got saved. God saved me, and I'm getting baptized next Sunday at church. Y'all going to come? They ain't coming. They ain't coming. No, oh, forget it. They ain't coming, Okay. But what does baptism mean? It's, 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 it's you saying, I now identify as a child of God. Watch me. Watch me. You might learn something. And then the last one. I'm, somebody said, well, you finally get the number seven. Okay. The last one. A new desire to live righteously. How about that? A new desire to live righteously. That's, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Psalms 106 and 3 says, Blessed are they that keep judgment and he that doeth righteousness. Here we go. At all times. How about that? That's the word of God. People say, you've been making this stuff up. No, that's why, that's why I tell Mary, put a scripture on it because people think you make this stuff up because the Bible is unbelievable to the unsaved. 1 John 2.29, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. How about that? That's it. Y'all didn't think I was going to get done. I, I do that because I love preaching. I love preaching the scriptures. I don't have a lot of stories to tell. 
I'm not even a Browns fan no more. I don't like them no more. They got rid of Baker. I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan now. Amen. <laughs> Why did I say that? Because I want to preach the gospel. People need to hear it. Amen. They need to hear it. And they need to be able to apply this truth to their life because that's how God changes you. The word of God will change you. Precious Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just say, change me. Father, give me strength. Give us strength. Give us power. Show us your mercy, your grace, your love. Be with us as we lead this place, Father God. But let the word of God lead with us. Let the word of God lead with us and let us go out into a lost world and be able to tell a dying world with boldness how good you are. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.